Breaking out, June 29th. Uh, that looks shite. It's not ideal. Hi, I'm Ian, he's Ollie. Hi. We're both guys, we're chatting about the films that are coming up in June, as well as the things that we saw in May. It's a Guys on Film podcast. June, know what I'm talking about. Do you reckon I did that last year? Mm, probably, yeah. Yeah. But you have only recently started saying, do you know what I mean? As a way to kind of prove an argument. Yeah, I've, that, that is a recent uh, development. Addition. Uh, so what's coming up on this week's show? I kind of mentioned it in the very intro bit, but what's happening? I, I mean, that that is it. There, there is nothing more to say. We're going to be chatting about what we've seen in May. So if you want to have a listen to what we may have seen in May, then you may like to go back and have a listen to the May <laughs> podcast. But maybe not. Yeah. So just before we get started, if people have enjoyed our immersive cinema stuff from the last month, then it would still be good to hear what their thoughts on it are once they've had a listen to both of the interviews from the... A uh, couple of notes on episodes and the uh, kickoff episode on immersive cinema. Once you've heard our kind of inability to grasp really what's going on with immersive cinema and you want to put your point on it, then you can do one of two things. I mean, actually, you're not limited, but I'm limiting you because I can't keep talking forever about this. So record a memo on your phone. Everyone's got like a voice memo app. Just record something on your phone and then email it to guysonfilmpodcast at gmail.com and then yeah. we'll get that. And then yeah. we'll just stick it in the show, regardless of what you say. You can say anything controversial um, and we're still... It's pretty much a, a free reign to publish what you want. Yeah, yeah, to say whatever you want. You, and, you know, it'll get, the, it'll get the same level of regular scrutiny that um, Ollie gives everything else that we do. So let that be your barometer. And the other way is people can just leave a note. They can do that on Twitter at GOF Podcast, or they can send us a more detailed message if they want to go over 140 characters. It's more on Twitter now, isn't it? It's like 250 or so. Too. Yeah, yeah, it's more. So listen, you know, fine. go long form on Facebook by going to facebook.com forward slash guys on film. Tell us your notes on something. Okay. What would you like some notes on, Ollie? What are you most interested in hearing from listeners? I, you know, I want to, I want to hear about people's experiences with uh, a little bit more about this virtual reality cinema business. I really want to give it a go. Uh, so, what's I think, this all about? Yeah, what's it all about? I think I am going to try it actually. Okay. Okay. Right. So on on with the show. Really. First up, we've got what we saw last month. Then we're just going to move straight into what's coming up next month. Okay. Sure. Sounds great. Let's go. Guys on Bill. Yeah, but guys, we're talking about Bill. It's the Guys on Bill podcast for real. You know what guys talk about Bill? It's the Guys on Bill podcast for real. Uh. Right. So Ollie. Yeah. <clears throat> I just lost my voice there. I can start that again. Right. So. Ollie, yep. you're going to keep both of those in, inevitably. Yep. Um, so, Ollie, what was it that you were most excited to see in the last month? And have you seen it? Okay, so I was most excited to see uh, Revenge. I think it's a French film. It's definitely got a lot of French banter in it. Uh, Le banter. <laughs> I think it's French funded. And, it, and the director is certainly French. And I think most of the actors and actresses... Uh, are also French as well. In fact, I think there's only a, a cast of uh, four people in the whole film. So, and I think they're all French. 
they certainly sounded it. Yeah, I was looking forward to uh, Revenge, and I have actually seen it today, in fact. Wow. wow. Okay. Just in the nick um, of time. Just before we get into this, because uh, this is really the only one I did see this month, what else have you seen that uh, that's worth uh, a bit of a mention? I've seen Infinity War. Okay. So that's the Avengers 3 Infinity War. Now, I went into this one with a little bit of trepidation. You know, it's two hours, 40 minutes long. So many characters. You've all heard my moans and gripes about it. But yet again, I'm finding that I need to really watch what I'm saying, watch my mouth and just let these films be whatever they're going to be. Because I've actually seen this film twice now. I liked it that much. Um, I thought it was really good. Great villain in uh, Thanos. And it and it was it was very emotional. There was lots of uh, great hero scenes. Uh, I much so preferred it. Scenes. Yeah. So I'm, my main reservation was that I, I wasn't so keen on uh, Avengers Two: The Age of Ultron. Um, we never found out how old he was, so I was left feeling <laughs> a little bit disgruntled. And they still don't answer prepare, that in this one as well. So joke you know, um, and also I wasn't so keen on Civil War as well. Now. The reason why was because I wasn't really that invested. No one likes in fighting. Well, I wasn't. I wasn't really that invested in what they were fighting over. It, it didn't to me seem, you know, realistic. It's just like pick a side, have a fight in an airport, collateral damage, all that business. Like, oh no, you can't fight, but let's just have a big fight in an airport. I didn't. I didn't kind of gel with that film. I found it a little bit boring to be honest with you, and I feared that Infinity War would go the same way with all these different groups of heroes going off doing their own thing and it'll all be a little bit confusing. And it was that, but all the little groups of heroes going off and doing their their own thing was all centred on this one goal of stopping Thanos. So it was actually very straightforward. You knew what was going on at all times. You knew what every specific, every little bit of the film where it jumped from location to location. You knew what they were doing, so it was really it was easy to follow. You were never bogged down in any kind of like political nonsense or little side quests that were, you know, massively irrelevant. Everything had a payoff. Loads of heroic entrances. The the crowd that I went to see it with when I saw it with Eric were really noisy every time uh, something cool happened. They were whooping and hollering like they were in an American cinema and it was really good it, it actually really added to the film We and we both loved it Eric thought it was amazing wow. some great scenes in it my one gripe about it was that I think just like the direction wasn't amazing there was maybe one or two shots that looked impressive like composition wise and special effects wise and just really striking images but I, I know you probably don't feel the same but I think when you've been spoiled a little bit with something like The Last Jedi, where it, it looks amazing all the way through and there's a lot of care gone into the composition and the setup of each scene and, and you can really analyse that film in that sort of way. <laughs> that yeah. that same level of attention to detail just wasn't present in uh, Infinity War. But still... So more, more specifically, the cinematography. Yeah. It was like the, the shot composition was just sort of a, a non-event it a wasn't non-event, important to the rest but of it but the actual film itself I really enjoyed uh, I'll put a big wow there I'll probably time stretch it put a whole load of delay on it you know just wow. to show that I really enjoyed it um, I've also finished Cobra Kai uh, the Karate Kid sequel series 
and I've put Which here is not the a film. Give that a nine point five out of ten. But it is based on a film, and I just strongly suggest people watch it. It's great. Wow. Um, I've also so seen. So that's a point five off perfect. Yeah, yeah. Some of the jokes didn't land, but you know what? I just I loved it. I bloody loved it. Uh, I saw Deadpool two. I wasn't. Wow. Keen. I wasn't keen. Yeah. Gotta say. No. And that's that's why didn't... I've not bothered. It wasn't. It wasn't for me as good as the first one, which I also wasn't bothered about. But I enjoyed that one. It's got a lot of jokes that were dated, like jokes about dubstep. Like mm. I don't understand. It, you know that that sort of whole thing has has passed a long time ago. So having kind of jokes about dubstep wasn't so good, and it was quite slow to begin with. And um, especially when they're trying to pride themselves on having like a sort of very acute. Uh, meta sense awareness. of humor if they're not yeah, yeah. Uh, but again the the villain was great and the annoying thing for me was the villain was great this little X-Force team that they set up in the film was also really good best thing about the film by far wow but I just wish that it was all in a different film that was mm. more centred around them because Cable played by Josh Brolin who also is Thanos he was he was just really good. It was a really cool like sort of Terminator style storyline. So I, I really liked that. And but I just I felt like it. it I, w- I really wanted to see that in a better film. Uh, so I wasn't like mad keen. Maybe there. if Ryan Reynolds was Green Lantern instead. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, uh, but look, ultimately, it was it was quite good fun, and it got better as it as it went along. But I just didn't think it was a patch on the original. Um, a lot of the it's same jokes not as a well. Patch on the original. Yeah, well, a, a lot of the same jokes as well. So they, you know, how in the first one he loses his arm and then he grows a baby arm back. Mm. Well, they do they do that same joke in this one, but with his legs. So he's he loses both of his legs and then he he kind of grows, grows legs back. back. And then there's a little bit where you know he's got these child's legs and he's and this is the and the, and this is also the sort of the writing was quite lazy. And, and it's mental because they make loads of jokes about lazy writing in the film, but they do this joke, and this is maybe a little bit of a spoiler of, of one joke in the film, but Deadpool's sitting there and he's got no pants on and he's cross-legged with his kid's legs on, on the chair and he uncrosses his legs, you quickly see the penis. What? And then the leg swings over and covers it up, just like Basic Instinct, the film. Mm. And I knew, and everyone in the cinema knew, that that joke was referencing Basic Instinct. But then somebody in the film says, that's like Basic Instinct. Or like, (laughs) what is this Basic Instinct? That to me was just kind of sums up the whole uh, humour of of the film, that it was just really trying to ram every joke home. You know, if you have to explain a joke, you know what I mean? So... If you had to get revenge on Ryan Reynolds for this film and him taking over more of the directing and writing part of it, how would you get revenge on him? I have no qualms. I'm quite a peaceful, calm type of guy, really. Placid guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So okay. you well, want to so, talk about Since you've revenge. elaborated so much on that, I think that leads us nicely on to the movie Revenge. Mm. Mm. <laughs> um, so... Let's talk about it. You saw it today, even yeah. more recently than me. I saw it last night. I saw it in the cinema. How did you watch it? All right, the film industry will want to get revenge on you. So, uh, <laughs> what did you think? Uh, well, you, you kind of put me off straight away by going, 
everything that I've read about this film since the trailer suggests that it's kind of crap. So I went in thinking, oh no, this is probably going to be a bit rubbish. But it still kind of did what I wanted it to do. But I definitely have some gripes. But ultimately, I think it's like maybe if I had to put a score on it, I'd say it's a 7 out of 10 for me. Around this time last year, you were the one that was desperately trying to get us to stop putting I know, I know, but I need to kind of say that I actually enjoyed it. I thought it was good. There was loads of good stuff in it. But there was Mm -hmm. also maybe like 30% bad stuff that I wish was different and that would have elevated it to uh, a higher level for me. Okay, well, here's my one thing immediately that I would change that I would get rid of, and then we can talk about your gripes. I would just say it's about 15 or 20 minutes too long. Sure. Agree. Yeah. I think um, where it thought it was being kind of artistic, like that place between like sort of exploitation film and art film, it was actually just like, Really, it would have been better if they'd gone more ridiculous and played for laughs rather than having more. Well, there was a moment. Yeah, I think that like they had a bit where there was, we well, had lots of bits like this where there was basically long bits of music with traveling going on. Yeah. Especially one that was like a stylized studio shot of a guy on a motorbike. Yeah. Um, that looked like a sort of music video sort of thing that went on for almost a minute and a half, and there was a lot of that sort of stuff that happened. And, the the one shot that I noticed that went on forever and and it, it went on so long that it became ridiculous and then it yeah. became sort of funny and then I was wondering whether it was like they were trying to ape uh, Monty Python's Holy Grail where you've got John Cleese running towards the castle and he never gets any uh, any closer and that was where so it's it's quite near the end of the film where the there's a two characters chasing each other around four different corridors and yeah. it just goes on forever and yeah, all the I, tension I was, drops out of it yeah i thought exactly the same thing the final chase scene is tedious like it just well i think it's kind of the final chase scene there is a bit of a swerve at one point in it and you kind of go oh okay that's kind of changed things but like all the build-up to that was way too long yeah um, it's almost but, like we did it yeah, it's like we did it. We can't edit at all. Yeah. Um, so for anyone that doesn't know anything about Revenge, okay. we did talk about it on last week's podcast, so you can catch up on that. And, and you can get our sort of eager, naive thoughts on what we thought we were going to get out of it. But basically, the official synopsis says... Uh, the official synopsis! Never take your mistress on an annual guy's getaway, especially one devoted to hunting. A violent lesson for three wealthy married men. Um, yeah, I mean, so it's a bit, of a, a bit of a poor synopsis, but basically uh, a guy has this kind of holiday home right out in the wilderness, right out in the desert. Um, it's a big kind of condo, and he takes this unnamed lady uh, there two days before um, a couple of his hunting pals is going to also turn up at, at this condo. So he's basically taking his mistress there for a bit of sexy time. And it starts off quite exploitative. You know, the, the camera is always on her, on her bum cheeks uh, throughout mm-hmm. the whole sort of first 10, 15 minutes of the film. And there's this kind throughout of like... Whole. Yeah, and there's this, there's this kind of slow build towards um, an assault that happens on her, which thankfully you don't see. That's mm-hmm. handled in quite a, you know, it's still horrific, but you don't you don't see it. But it's it's handled in this kind of, instead of 
gazing upon this horrific event, it's uh, showing that another part of the group is deciding to walk away, turn the TV up and ignore it. So ultimately things kind of take a turn because she gets left for dead after they uh, kind of don't want to deal with the fallout of how she wants to get back to where she came from and like pr- presumably then report them for all the sort of terrible stuff they've done. So they leave her for dead after pushing her off a cliff and then everything changes and she's on the hunt to get him. Yeah. Um, so it's it's like sort of all turned up to 11 and it's all a bit over the top to the point where like she has this really horrific injury and the way that she gets out of it is you know like what I thought of when she was uh, so she gets skewered this is in the trailer so it's not really a spoiler okay. she gets skewered on top of this big sort of wooden branch yeah. <laughs> wooden branch <laughs> as opposed to like a sort of paper branch <laughs> yeah or a branch woolen, of HMV woolen, or something like that woolen branch um so she gets sort of stuck on that. And I was thinking about the subtlety in the uh, picking of the cotton in, um, la- in God, Get, get out. out last year. Yeah. And the subtlety and how he manages to get out of that chair. And I was going, oh, hold on, is that physically possible for him to do the thing that he was doing? Yeah. And then this, where it's just like, none of it makes physical sense how she burns the tree down and gets off it. No, um, um, it, that... it pl- I felt that they, they, one, played hard and fast with uh, medical details and, you know, yeah. uh, and also I'm not sure I bought into her transformation. I don't, I don't think as a character she earned it. She's basically a silent protagonist in all this and I kind of get it. it. It's really obvious what it's about, you know, just watch it, it won't go into it. But she basically is, is silent throughout the whole film. She, I don't think she has a single line of dialogue really. Um, once it gets past a certain point but she basically turns into Bear Grylls almost immediately um, with survival Mm. instincts just kicking in and I think because there's such a lack of dialogue and because they've only presented her in in this kind of one way the actual transformation kind of feels like she's been like this all along and she's just remembering all these hidden talents that she's got rather than you know kind of learning growing as a character she's you know everything she's doing is is like you know, helps her survive. And, you know, she's not quite like believable, like Lara Croft, for example, who, you know, has got a lot of survival skills in the first place. Uh, so I just, I just felt that that transformation was like a stretch of the imagination, really. I just didn't think any of the characters were grown enough to actually empathise with in any way. Like they're, they're all a little bit distant and it was all a little bit cosmetic, but it was quite good fun. There's yeah. tons of blood in it. Yeah. Um, the symbolism stuff in it is a little bit on the nose. Like yeah. the, she cauterizes a wound with a warm can of, like a heated can of beer that she's had over a campfire. And yeah. the uh, phoenix that was on the can, conveniently, brands her stomach uh, so that she rises from the ashes symbolically to go and take on the baddies. Um, although she, like the bit of humor there is obviously that she has like a, American beer like title over the top of her belly button um, which is fine one thing that people have got to stop doing is what overdo- have they got to stop doing Ollie they've got to stop bloody overdoing the gore sound effects because they were so over the top and they just they didn't match the, the visuals like she was cutting this thing out of her stomach 
and she was making quite small incisions but the, the sound was like it was just so over the top gory squelchy and it was just it got to the point where like it just didn't it, it so didn't sound like the action that was going on it just became ridiculous and it sounded like watermelons being squelched rather than a knife piercing flesh um and i actually just... quite liked some of the sound design and like so there's a moment where an ant is getting covered in water and it gets that like, was good the drips drips of blood because it's abstract sorry the drips of blood not water i think it's water but it's getting covered in drips of blood and it's very loud and over the top. Like each drop, you kind of hear. Yeah, it sounds like mortar fire from yeah. the ant's sort of audio point of view. Yeah, uh, but that was good. But I agree that some of the stuff where there's close-ups on things being removed from things, uh, that the movement on screen didn't actually match up to the timing of the squelches. So you kind of go, "Hold on, there's something fishy about that." It doesn't really make sense at all. Uh, I'd agree. However, there is one very cringy bit in the middle of it where somebody hurts their foot, and yeah. I was quite, I was quite into that because I hated it. One thing that I was a bit, bit disappointed with was uh, nobody got shot in the dick. Hmm. Really wanted Ollie someone's dick to be blown shoot off. Shoot them in the dick. I wanted somebody's dick <laughs> to be obliterated with a shotgun in that film. That's that's okay. what I was wanting for at least one person. Just okay. Boom. Well, that's the thing. That's probably the thing that makes it just slightly unsatisfying. I quite enjoyed it, but the fact that it is over the top and like totally over-egged and exaggerated in a lot of ways, but then in other ways they've tried to be subtle. Like the deaths not being these sort of like female winning over male deaths where she like cuts a guy in the eyes or whatever the other two deaths were. They're not sort of um, intentional, symbolic uh killing of masculinity sort of thing they're just like kind of slightly more su- subtle in a gory way I, like, I quite sub- like the fact that she stabbed the guy in the eye because he saw what was going on and decided to turn a blind eye so she gave him a literal blind eye I, I thought that was quite good I like that Okay. nice reading Ollie, nice reading in this into this film Okay. Uh, shall we move on to? Yeah. June? Ultimately, though, I think I think it's definitely worth a watch. I know we've we've kind of dwelled a little bit on the negatives, but actually, pretty you know, quite enjoyed it. I think it looks really good. Good music, you know, good sound design. Um, yeah, maybe a, a bit too long, but you know, overall, like a a, a decent revenge film. Okay, so June movies. What do you reckon is your worst film from the selection that we've got coming up in June? What what are you hating the most? I've got um, an idea. What you think I'm hating the most? Yeah. Ocean's 8. Okay, I didn't have that. I had Book Club. Okay, I mean, I'm not. I'm never going to watch that. But um, Ocean's Eight. So I'll give you the official synopsis. This one's out on the 22nd of June, guys. Uh, so it's the official synopsis. Debbie Ocean gathers a crew to attempt an impossible heist at New York City's yearly Met Gala. It's just not my sort of thing, mate. It's a bit too, bit too glitzy, bit too glam, bit too polished. And it, it kind of looks like a bit like um, a, an unfunny Zoolander or something like that. I just I didn't even like Ocean's Eleven, so I don't know how I'm supposed to like this. But you did know, you like twelve or thirteen? It's just not for me. I've not. I've, I didn't even see the other ten, so it's just not for me. 
great dad joke. So the, like the very start of the trailer for this, James Corden appears. So I was out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that. No. Okay. So 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 uh, for what it's worth, I think the issue with it is I don't know. I I think that like none of the characters in it are charming in any way. It's the same with the male ones. It, it, even if you like one or two of them individually, they come across as like sort of smart alecky like contrived personas of like the best possible people that are really like smart alecky and always get things right and there's no way that you like that kind of person like okay like brad pitt and george clooney okay great but they're just being smart alecky douchebags even if they'd be like a nerdy hacker they'd still be like delivering quips and one-liners yeah i like um anne hathaway and sandra bullock and um no don't get me wrong (laughs) Mindy Kaling. She's actually probably the best one. She's in that TV program. The Office. No, uh, maybe. She is in The I Office. I don't know. She is. Okay. Well, anyway, I like them individually, but in this, yeah. they're just versions of themselves that kind of seem like pricks. So, yeah, <laughs> not up for it. What would you do a heist on if you could? Well, at the moment, I need a load of topsoil for my garden, and it's quite hard to come mm. by, so I'd do a heist on about seven tonne of of topsoil premium okay do you need a hand i need a crew or can you just carry it all on your own i need i need a crew (laughs) i need a getaway driver in a in a in a actually jcb the the best possible thing you could do is just go in take a pocket full of the soil every day (laughs) but just do it over the course of 12 years shake it out of my uh, trouser leg (laughs) what's that from oh that's a um escape from alcatraz or something prison break in it uh, it's probably a prison-based thing from a lot of them. Every prison-based Pro- thing. Probably uh, Shawshank Redemption too. Yeah. Yeah. Shake the, shake the soil out. Okay, so uh, what, what's your shiter of the month? I think mine is probably Book Club. The official synopsis! Four lifelong friends have their lives changed, what? forever changed after reading Fifty Shades of Grey in their monthly book club. Sounds good. Uh, th- that, that sounds way better, way better than... Uh... Ocean's Eight to me. Does it? Yeah, it does to me. Sounds like it's it the could same be sort charming. of thing, though. Like, I think if you like all the individual actresses, you kind of will dislike them in this. Is it got Colin Firth in it or something like that? Yes, it, uh, it has. probably. No, it's got that guy. No, it's got Andy Garcia, I think. Okay. Listen, Ollie, I'm going to do a live IMDb for Book Club. It's got Diane Keaton, Jane Fonda. And more. Yeah, so Andy Garcia, I was correct. Okay. Uh, Don, Don Johnson of um, Miami Vice fame. Okay. Yeah, it's basically like ladies, as far as the trailer goes, just going, let's be young again. And there's a lot of things like this where basically people of either a certain age or a certain job type or a certain gender then swap and get put in a scenario where they do things that younger people than them do so i assume that this film is gonna have them probably go out on a wild night getting really drunk like they haven't for a long time yeah because that's quite popular right now we talked about that yeah i think in the look ahead last month yeah um, i don't think this one's really worth in a club yeah i don't think this one's worth talking about too much more okay. it's just my shiter of the month Fine. Okay, it's a so, for a reason. so what's uh, do you want me to tell you what my the one I'm most up for this month is? Yeah, why don't you tell me what your double thumbs upper is this month? Okay, so this one's out. We don't have to wait too long for this one 
Um, it's actually out on the 1st of June, although I think it's already uh, been out in America. Uh, it's actually called My Friend Dharma. You know what? I'd be kind of up for this, but for, and here's the big but, it's yeah. been on IMDb. Like So I watch my trailers ahead of the look ahead on IMDb. And this has yeah. been advertised to me now probably about 10 times in the last day. So I'm out on it, basically. <laughs> All right, Duncan. Um, so it's been, it's been oversaturated in its advertising. But go on, tell me why you want to see it. So it's about serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer. Who they've made into sort of like a pop icon cool guy in this. Yeah, pop icon cool guy. Uh, so this looks like a little bit of a serious take on Napoleon Dynamite. Um <laughs> So, also, interesting fact, the screenplay for this film was featured in the 2014 Blacklist, which is a list of the most liked unmade scripts of the year. So, quite up for that. Uh, so, it, it basically just follows uh, a teenage Jeffrey Dahmer through uh, high school uh, with all the kind of bullying that he has to endure and all the kind of uh, problems in his head. Um, and how and and basically the kind of creepy path towards uh, becoming a serial killer and how that kind of slow burn pays off. Um, so whether or not it actually gets to the point in in this kind of uh, story that he actually does kill somebody, I don't know. But it certainly Jeffrey charts Dahmer, the, uh, the early is, years. Yeah, but it certainly charts the kind of that eerie kind of early years. The sort of forming of these bad thoughts and and what he's going to do uh so i'm quite up for seeing how that all plays out i think it looks pretty good i've seen the trailer a couple of times like uh yeah i like 12 it. 12 yeah. times yeah i've watched it i've well, I, I seen it a couple of months ago when it was out in the in the states and then i've watched it again today a little refresher and uh ian i'm up for it i've I got a little that says uh looks all right uh, and then I've got a note that just says lots of zooms on him lurking places, lurk, doing a fair bit of lurking around. The guy that plays Dharma in this, so after twelve hours of filming every day, he would take he, a, he would no he would take a shower for thirty plus minutes and just think about his dark role that he's portraying. I mean, I, I think that's a waste of water myself. Creepy. Yeah, I mean that's a bit weird, isn't it? He doesn't want to kill people. He wants to kill the planet. Yeah, he just wants to kill H2O. <laughs> Halloween H2O. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's, that's my... They're, that's they're my, in the uh, same, same universe. <laughs> so what's, uh, okay, your, what's, cool. uh, what's Ian's, Ian's Ian, official pick? Uh, God. <laughs> I, I don't know if I have the one individual one that I think is the biggie this month, to be honest, if I'm honest. Really? If, I, if I'm really honest. Hereditary? Hereditary, I think, looks all right. Yep. Okay. Um, yep, yep, okay, yep. Um, where's the one that I've said I, I'm really up for it? Let me just find on my list here. I'm, I'm not prepared enough for this, are we? Oh, my God. Did You know, you're the one who normally gets angry at me for things, but I think I'm... Within well within my rights to be pretty mad at you right now. I mean, you can edit this. Okay, I think I've, I've wrote a note here saying uh, in the fade, which um, do you know? It sounds like you have no idea what I'm talking about. In the fade, have you seen the trailer for this? No. Okay, the official synopsis is. Furious typing. Yeah, go. 
Katya's life collapses after the death of her husband and son in a bomb attack. After a time of mourning and injustice, Katya seeks revenge. revenge. So this is starring... Revenge. Uh, it's starring Diane Kruger and is directed by... Freddy Krueger's sister. Yeah, correct. Uh, that's why she's a crazy revenger. So it's another revenge film. After last month, uh, we talked about revenge and... Uh, what was it? Mama's Home? <laughs> like somewhere... Okay. The one where she defends the house. Yeah. That you said breaking straight in. to video. Yeah. Breaking in, yeah. Not Mama's Home. <laughs> <laughs> Mama's Home is like the um, Eddie Murphy dressed as a lady, like arriving back to loads of Eddie Murphys. I would have thought that Mama's, Mama's Home is the thing that uh, the, you know, the protagonist would say when she manages to get one up on the assailants in the house before she throws yeah, we- her throws a tomahawk at them definitely watch it just to hear if that actually does happen so this in my very short note form is um it's basically a little bit foreigner with jackie chan and Piers brosnan so it's a bombing scenario so there's a little bit of a commentary about who's the um, bomber there's a bit at least in the trailer where they kind of allude to well what type of person does like per, commits a terrorist atrocity like that does it always have to immediately jump to oh well it's people who are not from in this case germany who are immigrants and they're here doing these terrible things is it really that because she's married to somebody who i think gets like he's uh hit by the bomb but then i think some of the people who are um at the court trial kind of suggest maybe he had something to do with it as well so she, she's then yeah, but I think it's all just trying to like point the finger at people because of their ethnicity. So anyway, it plays with that idea a little bit. It's like a serious version of The Foreigner. Even though this, The Foreigner was serious, it just seemed kind of serious times. This seems more seriouser. Okay. Um, so I'm quite up for this one. All right. Uh, so just to um, go back to what we were mentioning a minute ago. So June the 15th uh, is hereditary or hereditary or how do you pronounce it hereditary i would say okay hereditary. Um, so i've started seeing this one on buses you know like the big long adverts you get on the side of buses yeah yeah um it took 20 and, minutes to read by that point the bus is gone yeah so you're looking at it you know like, what is it uh, so basically this one's got a quote saying that it's this generation's the exorcist um, so i've <laughs> seen the trailer for this now that's what they want you to think it is Okay. All right, fine. But I mean, I've seen the trailer and it certainly looks arty. It looks quite creepy. It looks like it's full of good performances. Um, I'll give you the official synopsis. The official synopsis. When the matriarch of the Graham family passes away, her daughter's family begins to unravel cryptic and increasingly terrifying secrets about their ancestry. Now, the trailer doesn't really kind of give anything away as to what the film is it's all a bit quite you know quite arty and a bit incoherent so i think you are going to have to go and see the film i guess it's a little bit like mother you'd have to go and see the film because i don't think you'd get anything from the trailer so i am quite intrigued but i don't know what on what's in store um but what i do know from the parents guide is that we should prepare ourselves or prepare our minds for lots of blood gore and body horror Severed heads, corpses, and disturbing images are seen on screen. 
especially during the second half. Mm. So, you know, be prepared. The grisly second half. So the uh, official synopsis... Oh, no, you've given the official synopsis. (laughs) You don't need to give it again. Uh, The only problem I have with this uh, is the type of thing that I would be into, but it seems like the poster and the way the trailer is done is it's just similar to a lot of the kind of cheaply made uh, occulty horror films that have been done over the last little while. So like, like Insidious. Exactly the one, like Insidious 1, 2 and 3. Um, now I think it's got more of a an It Follows vibe to it. This more kind of indie, you know, arty Well that's what you'd hope. That's what well, you'd I, hope. I certainly wouldn't hope that because as you know, you I'm don't not like a fan. It. I wasn't a fan. But okay. I'm up for this one. Um, we've, we've only got a couple of minutes left and I think I, think I need to give you a joke. Um, so you can tell what film we need to talk about. Are you ready? Mm. Why can't you hear a pterodactyl using the bathroom? Um, don't know. Because the P is silent. Get it? Yeah. Okay. We've not got much time. Get on with it. Okay, so uh, <laughs> Jurassic World 2, The Fallen Kingdom. And... Ian, is there a two two in that? No, there is no. It's just Jurassic Park colon Fallen Kingdom. Official synopsis: When the island's dormant volcano begins roaring to life, Owen and Claire mount a campaign to rescue the remaining dinosaurs from this extinction level event. Um, it's, it's extinction. Extinction level event. So that based, there better be a line in this film where they insist that they didn't know about the volcano when they built the park. There also better be a line where they say, this could be an extinction level event. There better be like a little a little um, UI display where it's got a little kind of thing that fills up like a percentage thing. <laughs> and if it goes above a certain line, then it goes red and into the extinction level event and someone just spins around in their chair or, and says... Or at the very start, just um, as a complete aside, because nobody knew about the volcano, but somebody just happened to be running some set of like predictive modeling uh about extinction level events and what could happen afterwards yeah and then there's like a 3d model of how the world could all change and like trees disappear and then dinosaurs live forever (laughs) but all all in like sort of 1999 level sort of 3d models um and then that guy goes i told you (laughs) Yeah, I told you, I told you this happen. would happen. Uh, so, uh, friend of the podcast and and listener of the podcast, Alan Norman Sambles, um, actually sent us a message on Facebook. Um, about, Andy Sandberg. Yeah, about uh, Jurassic World. So I'm going to read it now. We do say that we would put on a voice for this, but I, I don't think I want to lose a valued listener by trying to do some kind of bad accent. Uh, so I'm just going to go for it in my voice. So Alan says about Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. At first I thought it looked boring, as I didn't think there was much could be done with the dinosaur rescue movie. Then I saw the next trailer and it showed loads of stuff happening on the, quote, mainland. And now I feel like there isn't much left to see. However, when I look at it as it's Jurassic Park sequels, I'll definitely be going. Jurassic Park was and still is fucking amazing. (laughs) <laughs> yeah um, okay so ultimately i think what i'm getting there is that they've 
they've practically shown the whole film in the trailer. Um, but people will continue to go see them. Yeah, because there's bound to be thrills, spills, and giant sharks with huge gills. <laughs> now, mate, that's the Meg. Uh, but <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's great, the Meg. Great rhyming, uh, though. Uh, so basically, <laughs> I, I, what I feel in this one, from the trailer, it looks like... So this volcano <laughs> that they didn't know about explodes on the island. Um, th- there's some kind of child on there again, and I'm really worried about this this screaming kid. Because in the trailer, <laughs> he does this big high-pitched scream, and I think that's going to be played for laughs in the film, and it's going to annoy me because they're going to do it three times. Okay. They've not learned anything from the last film where they created the Indominus Rex because in the new trailer, they wheel this uh, Indoraptor out in this big, huge cage and someone says, what's that? And someone says, you know, they've just made this new dinosaur. Um, An Indoraptor. Again, so it's like... um, Independent raptor. A a strong independent raptor that don't need no man. Uh, So basically like... They rescue the dinosaurs off the island, and then there's this new raptor that they've they've made for possibly kind of military reasons. So why are they saving them? Uh, I don't know. Uh, well, kill we'll them all. And... They're going to kill everyone on Earth. Exactly. We're to believe that this is a world where they haven't seen Alien Four. Alien Four. Yeah, in because in that one they try and they try and weaponize the the aliens, and oh, it all goes yeah, yeah, yeah. it all goes wrong, doesn't it? Yeah, fair. And in this one, they're trying to weaponize dinosaurs, and it, you know it's probably going to go go wrong. And Chris Chris Pratt basically plays Ripley, but in like a sort <laughs> of, but like in a sort of Noah's Ark way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Get the dinosaurs on the ark two by two. Uh, so um, one one interesting thing that I've noticed from the trailer is that the second half of the film seems to be set in a more kind of suburban area or at least you know there's a house a big house like and Al- it, alien versus predator requiem a little bit and it predators and it looks like a kind of hartford cheer style um stately home you know that that kind of thing big big sort of posh place yeah big drive it looks like that there's no mistake in that for an english built house yet the film is still set in South America because basically they wanted to set the second half of the film in the UK where they bought these dinosaurs back and probably auctioned them off or whatever. But Steven Spielberg basically said um, that they they what? didn't want to have too much time on a boat so that they basically they just had to have it, you know, the next island along to the one that's in, in Jurassic Park. I mean, any time that a dinosaur is spending on a boat is not good. Exactly. But why couldn't they have just done what they did in Indiana Jones and just have a little red dot going along a map? I mean, you don't have to show the whole... It doesn't have to be Das Boot where you have to make it five hours long just because you're on a boat. Yeah. 24 (sighs) hours in a boat, yeah. Spielberg. Bloody idiot. He's too literal these days. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I'm not fussed about it, but I'll probably go and see it like Alan. Um, yeah. So, a couple of other very quick call-outs just before we wrap it up because we've got no time now. Yeah, right. Literally no time. Sicario Day of Soldado, 
um, is the sequel to Sicario, but it kind of looks like this should really be a TV series instead of a set of films now, because think A, gangland stuff kind of lends itself better to TV stuff, B, it looks basically like a TV show at this point. Okay. Uh, they don't have uh, Denis Villeneuve as the director, um, and the way that the narrative is going is it's, it feels like it would be a lot better as an episodic sort of thing. Like it yeah. could go on way beyond this. It's got the director from uh, Gamora, which is a TV. It's actually a gangster TV show. Okay. Um, and it's got Josh Brolin. Thanos. For reprising his role from the first one. And I think yeah. it's got Benicio Del Toro in it as well. Yeah, but yeah. I'm, I'm kind of hoping that basically the set pieces look kind of good in it. Like aerial shots of Humvees like sort of moving out to do stuff. And the music is kind of Doom-ish. Yeah. Um, and sounds quite good. I'm quite up for Sicario Day of Soldado. But... It's got a really bad bit of uh, speech editing in the trailer that you'll have to hear. I'll probably try and put it in now. Your objective is to start a war between the Mexican cartels. It's bloody terrible. Okay. okay. Um, one other thing. My wild card is Leave No Trace. Oh, yes. You heard of that? Yeah, it looks it's good. It's got... Uh, Ben Foster, it's a father-daughter uh, thing, kind of akin to Captain Fantastic, which I liked quite a yeah. lot from last year. Where it's a little off the grid. It's an a little interesting kind of, yeah. parenting technique mm. gets questioned by the authorities and, um, and other family members and stuff like that. And so basically, <laughs> a father and his 13-year-old daughter are living in an ideal existence in a vast urban park in Portland, Oregon, where a small mistake derails their lives forever. And basically, that's the authorities kind of find them, tell them they can't be doing that and it kind of changes everything and they question whether or not they can do, like they can get as much out of life as they have been on their yeah. own. And be, uh, be who they are and, you know. Same director as Winter's Bone, which is a film that kind of kicked off uh, Jennifer Lawrence's career, Deborah Granick, the director. Uh, the only thing that puts me off is there's heartstrings music in it at the end that kind of seems like sort of TV, car TV advert music. Which is a okay. bit like, hmm. Um, and final thing, just one line statement about this. There's a film called Tag about a bunch of adults that are playing a game of tag. And my one line note on this is FFS. Yeah, same. Agree. Why does it exist? Yeah. That's it. I mean, that's June. We've looked ahead. What will we see? Who Find knows? I've just next been. Month. I've just been struggling, Ollie. I can't put two hours 40 into Infinity War when it's sunny outside. It's just hard. Um, but I'll well, I've tried my four hours 80. No, you're an idiot. I've also not really used my Unlimited card nearly enough. I need to try and use it, but it's difficult when it's sunny. Yeah. All right, if you like this week's show and you wondered what the hell we were talking about when we were talking about our predictions from last month, you can listen to the May look ahead if you need to catch up on the May movies. All of that stuff, as well as the interesting, immersive, and uh, interviewee-studded month of stuff from our uh, Immersive Cinema Month is yeah. all available in the archives. Yeah. They're archives, yeah. Ollie. Yeah. They physically exist, the but they vaults. also exist digitally. Um, you can get it on iTunes and you can get it on all of your favourite apps like Stitcher and Pod Twitter Tinder (laughs) your favourite podcast apps so subscribe to us because we like that 
like it if you subscribe to us and give us a rating because that'd be helpful and if you don't know how to do any of that just send us a line on facebook.com forward slash guys on film or at gof podcast uh you know the thing that i'd really like we've pinned a thing to the top of twitter and facebook that's a survey so if people have actual feedback for us like we've yeah. listed out some questions and you can give us your honest feedback and we have had um, some very honest feedback so far which we'll, we'll go into at some point not now maybe yeah. maybe next episode we'll we'll delve into the feedback a little bit and uh let you know what we think about that so so yeah, get that's involved it for this month. do it ian, do the survey ian we've ran out of time do the survey we've got no time left click the survey and do it no time bye bye